Welcome back to the Dauphin Way Advent devotional series. My name is Woods Lizenby, and we are doing things a bit different today than we have the rest of the week. I will still offer you our historic Wesleyan question, scripture reading, and a prayer. But in addition, we will be having conversations between the clergy about different aspects of our devotional lives, what does it mean to prepare our hearts for Advent, and how do we understand these historic Wesleyan questions? What are our favorite questions, and what kind of impact do they have on our lives? We appreciate very much all the feedback you have given about this devotional series, and we hope you enjoy this extended Friday edition. We will begin this time as we do each day with a moment of silence as we prepare to receive all that God has for us. Our historic Wesleyan questions today are Am I a slave to dress, friends, work, or habits? And a second question for us today is, am I self-conscious, self-pitying, or self-justifying. Our scripture lesson today is the text we'll be preaching on this coming Sunday morning from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 46 through 55. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. pray with me. We will sing of your steadfast love, O Lord, forever. With our mouths we proclaim God's faithfulness to all generations. We declare that your steadfast love is established forever. Your faithfulness is as firm as the heavens. You are our God and the rock of our salvation.
this is my first real question. Do y'all think this is gonna work? Like the whole devotional thing, like. I can't tell. What is asking, the best case scenario? Are you asking this because you want our listeners to like it more? No, I'm asking because I'm really curious. I, I'm not sure if it's gonna work. I like the idea. I'm most interested in things I'm not sure are gonna work, so. Well, here's the thing. I'm wondering if people are thinking, I was expecting to get more information, mm-hmm. and here we are just giving them time to silence. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what we need, even if that's not what we typically get from podcasts. Yeah. Well, I think the first thing we need to consider for my age group is a lesson on how to do podcasts. What do you mean age group? Well, ones that are older than 35. Oh, wow. I go! (laughs) (laughs) Ow! I'm sorry. Older than 38. Okay. Also, um, you just lumped a lot of people into your age group. I know. Well, I I like a lot of company. I like people. So back to the thing of like whether people will want more information out of this or not. Uh, I'm curious, what do y'all look for when y'all, in whatever devotional practices you have, whenever you're uh, taking time to pray or connect? Because uh, I feel like I've been on like a very, I, I've certainly been all over in that, in that I've been in places where I really wanted somebody to say a lot to me, and then I've been to places in places in my life where I wanted more of that silence and reflection time and uh yeah what do y'all what speaks to you right now what do you look for when you're saying i want to connect to god in the next 10 minutes or i want to reset with god what what helps you well having just come off of a 24-hour silent retreat Mm -hmm. at blue lake for spiritual direction i would say that silence allows god to talk and us to listen Mm -hmm. so i think it's really helpful is that why woods doesn't like it so much yes I didn't like it, but you get used <laughs> no, to going. it. You going. get used to it. <laughs> no, but anyway, it, it does help to start off each of our devotions with that moment of silence to kind of center ourselves, to let go of all the distraction, and then zoom in on the questions and the, the scripture. I think it's good. Yeah. It'll grow on you. No. <laughs> um, that's not true. I, I do have seasons where I try to be more silent. The centering prayer to me is probably one of the most fruitful practices whenever I can stomach it. And the fact, I mean, that's what discipline is. I mean, mm-hmm. I agree. If, right. it's, if it's, discipline is not supposed to be easy. And especially as pastors, I feel like we should be setting that tone, being able to do the things and be willing to do the things we ask others to do. Um, I find when I'm in a place like, um, uh, this is gonna sound weird, but like there's a like when I'm in like a sauna, or like somewhere that's like really hot, where you, you like you kind of get focused in on your own physical body, the way you're feeling discomfort. Discomfort. Then like you draw in the the piece you draw from silence almost is a is a refuge. It's only in those times mm-hmm. where I like actually relish or cherish being in silence or spending time quietly. But in general, my regular reflection and my kind of regular devotional time. Um, it does require. It does entail a lot of content, input, you know, download of information, um, because I love processing and asking questions about God and thinking about God. And I feel like this is what I've always said about theology: that we might not know all the answers, and the truth will continue to be the truth, whether we know to be true or not. But I think the journey of trying to discover more of that truth, in turn, draws us closer to it. And um, Whereas I do have times of prayer and reading, um, 
yeah, do tread us in silence and pray for others and pray, you know, some of the guided prayers from my devotion book, I find equally as much like my devotional time, probably because my personality type is just enhanced when I'm getting fed to, you know, I'm reading, I'm consuming, mm-hmm. which is not the same as just sitting and reflecting, I know, but that's more of a struggle for me. Yeah, I mean, I think they're all disciplines. They all have their role. And I've used, uh, found God using all of those for me. Uh, I know it was like two years ago, I think, that I was listening to a podcast because I do a lot of information downloading. Um, and I was listening to a podcast with uh, Michael Hyatt, who used to be publisher of uh, Thomas Nelson, one of the big Christian publishing books. And he talked about how his day begins every day with uh, 20 minutes of silence, which is a lot. Uh, and he talked about just sitting in a chair and putting headphones on to try and make it as silent as possible. And that that became the lead-in for him to his scripture reading, to his information download. It was a way of kind of setting that time off. And that's when I began really using silence. Because I think I I think I think used to use silence more at the end of my prayers. as like, a, okay, God, I read the Bible. Turn to talk. Yeah, I read the Bible. I've shared with you all the things that uh, are going on in my life or that are you're, wrong. You're yelling. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, my apologies to everybody. My apologies to Woods. He's got to edit this afterwards. Anyway, um, uh, yeah, I would use silence at the end to give God a turn to talk. And um, uh, what I found for me is that by putting silence kind of at the beginning, it prepared me, I think, I hope, to hear God talking more through the, the stuff I'm hearing, I'm listening, to be more receptive to it. Uh, so I, I feel like I've used silence or encountered silence in a whole lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I probably do do more silence in my prayer now than I, than I used to and leave more time for it. But I'll say too, I encounter that, or I, <laughs> I appreciate the silence more when I'm also, had, and again, this is likely just part of my personality type, is, when I'm doing some sort of movement, so like when I do yoga, mm-hmm. or whenever if I'm doing some sort of meditation and like making sure I'm sitting cross-legged and I can feel my body and I can engage, you know, my whole self, then silence becomes more meaningful as opposed to just kind of sitting in a chair and not talking or thinking or listening to anything. Mm-hmm. But if I engage, you know, all of myself in it, then I feel like that reflection time becomes more powerful or. I don't know if fruitful is the right word because it's not like I'm looking for anything in particular, mm-hmm. but it becomes more peaceful, restful, mindful, all the things that you want your silent time to be if I include some sort of motion or um, full body engagement in that, then I find it can be even more holy. What's neat is that, you know, right here on Gothamway's campus, we have an opportunity for um, centering prayer and contemplative prayer through the Wednesday midday prayer time that takes place in the church parlor every Wednesday. Uh, Joe Blunt leads that group and it's a good opportunity to learn that style of being silent and listening to God. And I, I recall a class we had years ago that talked about the stages and the steps of prayer and that we often talk and expect God to listen and that's it. We get up and go after that. And really the steps are to talk, God listens, then God talks and we listen. So if uh, we don't take time to be still and quiet and listen, we miss what God has to share with us. 
so often he's clearly giving us direction and we're missing that half of our prayer time. It's not just the, uh, the class we have, but like our campus just has built-in places for prayer. Right. That's one of my favorite things of discovering around here is we've got the... Um, we're literally sitting recording this in a prayer room. Yeah, we're, we're, we're doing this in a prayer chapel that is a place of silence. It's the one we could find on campus. We've got the, uh, the Stations of the Cross that if anyone wanted to do kind of a movement and visual, we've got the labyrinth in the uh, in Moore Hall, and then uh, where else? Where the else? Columbarium. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The Columbarium. Lovely outdoor it is, space. Yeah. So we have all these different places and aids to prayer, or ways to engage silence while moving or while having something to to look at. Uh, that's been a real gift to me since I've been here. Um, all right, y'all know my family loves a draft. We love to play that when uh, we're we're trying to think something talk about the kitchen table. I so I thought we'd have a, a draft. How do um, you know what y'all are talking about? You know, you, it's it's like, a draft of best Wesleyan historic questions. We've okay. just read through what twenty eight of them. Uh, so let's let's everybody gets way. a team of four. Your four favorite Wesley historic questions and Kathy. Uh, seniority and tenure at Dolphin Way goes first. You get first pick. What here's, is, here's the one that convicts the If you want to hear about our draft of the Wesleyan Historic Questions and to discover more about what it means to continue on this Advent devotional journey, we hope you will join us all next week for more morning devotionals and our Friday conversations. Have a great weekend. Hope to see you in church on Sunday. Peace.